In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You deserve inner peace. No, really, you do. Visit BetterHelp and see if online therapy is for you. Q-Code and Crooked Media presents Edith, starring Rosamund Pike. Created by Gonzalo Cordova and Travis Helwig. What at first resembled the charging of an army, we promptly discovered was in fact a retreat, and that our position was much weaker than where we began. So that night, I said to Woodrow, for me, your wife, will you accept Lodge's compromise, support the new league, and let us move past this terrible skirmish? He turned his head, took my hand, his face incandescent as he spoke. Little girl, don't lose faith in me, for I shall surely break. By to be and even through those difficult times, our relationship showed no Listen strength. Listen to me, it was your letter that took down the lead. Don't blame me for your betrayal. What did you want me to do? I didn't ask for this. I just did what I thought you wanted. Did you know what it was like? After I told him the fatal me, news of the Senate vote, he said, so that is why I must mend quickly and allow this country to heal. Woodrow, look at me. Please, Edith, just... leave. And it was that day he acknowledged that his time in power had come to an end, and it was time for the both of us to dim the lights and let the curtain fall. Thank you. In the decade following Woodrow's death, I occupied my time working on my memoir. I'm sure you've read it, it was a bestseller. I'm assuming now taught in schools. And afterwards, I occupied some more time by promoting it. Great reading, Madam First Lady. Thank you for signing my book. No, thank you. What's your name, dear? Uh, Pearl, freshman at Wellesley, class of 41. Uh, but please sign it for my mother, Marion. It's a gift. She apparently loves you. Wonderful, you must be a sweet daughter. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I am. I mean, I hadn't even heard of you before today, but here I am. <laughs> yes, here you are. Pearl, freshman at Wellesley College, class of 41. Thanks. As you can see, I've grown a lot since Woodrow was president. I've learned some restraint. To Marion, what a lovely daughter you must think you have. Only a freshman at Wellesley, but she's already learned to be a total... Hey! Some restraint. Some. 
By that point, it was 1938, 18 years since I last saw Trudy, 15 years since Woodrow's passing, and my memoir was already a book club darling. Madam First Lady. This is Jeannie, my assistant at the time. She's a real charmer with a strong, engaging personality. There was a letter that arrived for you, which I am now finding, and yes, now I have indeed found. Just kidding, she's a drip. The invitation I now hold is from a Mrs. Alice Gertrude Gordon Grayson. Wait, what? Trudy? Trudy invited me to what? It appears her husband, Dr. Carrie T. Grayson, is dead and will be interred at Arlington National... It must National be a mistake. Uh, she hasn't spoken to me since... No. No, I'm not going. Yes, I ascertain that, as the invitation is now flying out the window, and it has flown away. Old memories are like dollar bin watercolors. A memory from 1938 so easily bleeds right into a memory from 1920. Daddy, think of how it would look if you didn't endorse William. <laughs> He's my husband. I know, Nell, don't worry. I'll endorse. <gasps> oh, Daddy, thank you. Nell, what a surprise. No one told me you were visiting. Edith, so lovely to see you. I have to compliment your feet. My feet? Yes, your footsteps just now. So feminine, so light, so quiet. <laughs> How long were you standing there? I just walked in. Wonderful. Mm, wonderful. Well, I must be off. Daddy, what we talked about? Yes, honey, I promise. Talk soon. So, you're endorsing William McAdoo. That's none of your concern. I assume you secured a commitment if he wins the presidency to hold another stop. vote on the I can't force At him. least get it on the platform at the convention. That way. Edith! Way enough! It is my job to worry about the convention. It is your job to worry about the seating chart for the unity dinner following the convention. Yes, Woodrow, of course. Ugh, oh, seating charts. It's like if a little placard isn't placed on a table, the anarchists can claim another victory. Well, we can put Hitchcock next to Wadsworth, but then Mackenzie might get offended. Why do all these men have names like victims in a murder mystery novel? Oh, and then there's Marshall. Hmm. <laughs> Marshall. <gasps> no, Edith, why do you need to call him for this? Just seat him anywhere. You don't need anybody for this. You don't need any help. I'm arranging the chart for the unity dinner. Where do you like to sit? Uh, in a chair, usually. One time I sat on a large dog, but neither of us were into that. <laughs> That's funny. Hold on for a minute. They, wait a minute, they got you doing seating charts? Yes. It's like trudging back to coach after getting used to first class. Or I assume. I haven't traveled coach in 14 years. God, you must be bored out of your mind. Trudy's not even no, there to... No, I don't need Trudy for this. And anyway, she's... In Brussels, I know. Brussels? Oh, what do you mean? She sent me a nice letter, asked me how I was doing. I wrote back I was doing great. Looking forward to the Democratic Convention, catching some sleep on the train. Don't ask if she mentioned me. Don't ask if she mentioned me. I thought it was weird she didn't mention you. I just assumed she'd already written to you. Yes, that is an assumption that one would easily make. Mm. I was proud of her. She seemed really happy. She spent three pages writing about a bird she saw. <laughs> uh, I, um... Yeah, like I said, uh, I, I gotta head to San Fran tomorrow, but if you're 
bored and used to Trudy helping you with things, I can stop by today. I do not need Trudy's help. I can do it all on my own. You will be sitting by the restrooms. Goodbye. That night, turning in bed, Woodrow had decided to reside in a separate bedroom. I couldn't get Trudy out of my mind. I imagined her in Brussels, carefree, mingling with high society and artistes and literati. Trudy! Hello, men angel! Emile! Huda Avenge! Welcome to my house party! Meeting all kinds of interesting people. May I take your co- Oh my god! Did you paint this painting of me? It's so beautiful. Everyone is painting you, Trudy. You're the most interesting woman in Brussels. She's probably telling all kinds of stories about me. So I gave Senator Lodge the letter. That dummy never saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> to Trudy, the most cunning, smartest, most beautiful American woman alive, who learned it all on her own. <laughs> I hated thinking this way. Trudy out there writing her new story, and me sitting at home living this sad end of mine. I couldn't let this be it. I wouldn't. And so I did what any reasonable person would do. I snuck out that morning and rushed off to snatch back what was rightfully mine. Hello, Marshall. Tell me what's good to eat in San Francisco. Edith? What are you doing here? In first class? Well, this is where I belong. No, here, going to the convention. Oh, didn't you hear? My time's not quite up yet. Woodrow's running for a third term, and you're going to help me win the nomination. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Rhea Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Oh, Woodrow, I understand you're upset I came to the convention, but it makes <sighs> sense. People love no. you, and with another term... I'm we... sorry. I can't do this again. I'm tired. I can't fight anymore. We're not fighting. We're talking. No. Keep me out of it. You can do it alone. Marshall and I arrived the night before the 1920 convention in San Francisco. I got to work, and things just sort of clicked into place. Senator Walsh, I want you to know no hard feelings about the League, which is why I hope you're considering Woodrow Stop right for... there. I heard the news. You can count on the votes of any delegates under my influence. Mr. Baker! Mrs. Ha Wilson! How's the water? How is your swim? Forgive me for my lack of a shirt and for the pool water dripping around me. You got my vote. That's wonderful. Thank you. If my rooster wins, you've got my... <laughs> okay! Yeah! You've got my vote. You got my Woodrow's vote. got my vote. 
Marshal? Marshal, mm. pour me a glass of that. Oh, well, the news must be good if Edith Wilson wants a drink. <laughs> oh! Wow, sorry. I know it's gross to spit it back in the glass, but no. Mm -mm. I hated it. Oh, hey, look! Isn't that Nell and her husband over there talking to one of your delegates? Yes, it is. I didn't love doing it, okay? But I told Edith what you wanted. Thank you, truly. I just spoke to Daddy, and he said she's going through so much. She'll take the loss much better this way. And my husband still has your votes? Yes, I'm supporting McAdoo. I just hated lying to her. She seems so desperate and pitiful. Oh, but all you would have done is make her feel worse at this nice party. Isn't that right, honey? Honey? Huh? What? Oh, right, right, sorry. Completely forgot I was here, but yes, it is a nice party. Hey, look, Edith and Marshall are walking over. I will be going away from here. Oh, I didn't mean to scare the senator off. Huh? Oh, he'll be back. Or maybe he won't, or, or maybe he will. Although, it's, it, it's possible he will Edith. not. Edith! How lovely it is to see your beautiful, sneaky little feet again. And Mr. Vice President, I absolutely love that tie. Oh, yeah, thanks, Mrs. McAdoo. I found it on the floor of a train station. <laughs> what a wonderful story. William, tell them what you were just saying about how worried you are about my daddy's candidacy. Worried? <laughs> no, no, these things generally work out for me. You know, one time I went bass fishing and accidentally placed third in a regatta. Oh, William, isn't he funny? So funny. Just thinking about him being president, I lose it. <laughs> like I said, when you've lived an entire life, time runs together. But wherever you land, whether it's 1920 or 1938, there's a strong chance I'm lighting things on fire. I put it off for years, but the Library of Congress kept pestering me over it. I had to go through Woodrow's presidential papers and see what was fit for public consumption. All right, Jeannie. We'll be separating all these old papers into two piles. The political goes to the Library of Congress, and anything personal we burn. Got it? Yes. Like this one I'm holding now is addressed to Mr. Wilson from a Mrs. Mary Peck. Burn pile. I'd be careful with that one. Her letters are liberally perfumed and highly flammable. Ah! Maybe use tongs next time. And now this one is a letter from a Secretary Lansing to a President Woodrow Wilson about Burn pile. Highly personal. Seems political. The letterhead says No, it. some things can be political and personal at the same time. Burn it. Yes, ma'am. I'm lighting it on fire. It's burning. And is now reduced to ash as well as cinder. This one is titled, What Would Woodrow Do About Dalmatian Coast? What? Let me see that. <laughs> Trudy wrote this one. Oh, yes. The same woman who invited you to her husband's funeral. Which is occurring right now. Look at what she wrote. One, admit it's a spotty situation. Two, pause and reflect. Yes, Jeannie, the entire Dalmatia situation was pretty rough. Yes, must have been difficult. Oh, God. Jeannie, you're fired. Excuse me, ma'am? Sorry, I just felt a little nostalgic impulse to fire someone abruptly. I used to do it all the time. I usually maintain control, but reading those dumb dog puns, it was like my body took over. Taxi! Taxi! Because it wasn't me, it was my body that ran out into the street and frantically called a cab. 
And it wasn't me, it was my body that got into the car and told the driver where to go. Ha! Arlington National Cemetery. Don't worry about the speed limit. I'm well connected and late. And it wasn't me, it was my body that arrived at Arlington with its thousands of identical gravestones spread out in rows and patterns, blurring over hillsides to create an overwhelming sense of unity and sacrifice. Where the hell are they burying him? As I walked past all those dead important men, many of whom pursued politics, it made me think back to that first day of the convention. Delegates, clear the aisles. Stop the band. Clear the aisles. Were any of these dead men there that day? Did they also pretend to enjoy the brass band's patriotic loudness? Okay, all right, we're ready to announce the first vote for the 1920 Democratic National Convention. And if they were, during that first round, did any of them vote for me? We have William McAdoo with 271 votes, James Cox with 182 votes, and Woodrow Wilson... And now I remembered. ...with zero votes. No clear winner. We vote again. So, the answer is no. None of these dead men voted for me. But at least now I didn't have to feel as bad stepping over their graves. Daddy, do not worry one little bit. Edith got you zero votes. She's using Marshall to persuade delegates loyal to you. But yes, I have a plan. I wasn't sure how at that moment, but it was clear that Nell had, well, edith me. Thank you, Daddy. I'm proud of you, too. Kisses. I had to pivot. Those vipers didn't want some pitiable, vulnerable woman. They wanted something objectively dumber. Hmm. Hey, Edith, I got this. I may be short and small, but I project the power of three very large men. This is serious, Marshal. I need you, okay? Woodrow needs you. Please, go save this presidency. Delegates, delegates! The Vice President of the United States! Hello, San Fran! I, I don't know if it's my eyes or if Sonny Jim's refreshments are giving me visions. Yeah, but out there in the crowd, amongst the suits and ties, I see a few dresses and skirts. Now, 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 boys, calm down. Calm down. Let's make the female delegates joining us comfortable. And remember, we all got wives. Run, Marshall, run! No, 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 the last time I ran, the cops were busting up the Mayflower Club. <laughs> Yeah, but seriously, I appreciate the support, but I am here to tell you about my buddy Woodrow. We want you. Not me, no, 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 come on. I think we all know I'd be a terrible president. So humble. That is what we got. Run, Marshall, run. Run, Marshall, run. Run, run Marshall, run. I don't want you. Run, Marshall, I don't. Run, Marshall, run. No, run, Woodrow. From there, things quickly spiraled. Tennessee wishes to change its ballots and cast its 73 delegates to Vice President Thomas. No, 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 I don't want it. Hold him back. Let Come on, me. Man. Hold our future president stop, back. Stop it. Well, stop. Get off this me, you bastard. So presidential. Look at me. I'm begging. On my soft hands and my weak knees, make this stop. Stop them from voting for me, please. Make it stop. Christ, Marshall, get up. I kept asking myself, how? How could this happen? How could he be getting votes? Who could be making this happen? Oh, my God. No. 
It's Nell. While we made our moves, Nell stalked the floor. I'm so pleased my husband has the support of one of our party's first female delegates, especially one as luminous as yourself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, oh no, I'm not. Luminous? No. I'm just happy Vice President Marshall isn't interested, or else I assume you'd be voting for him. Vice President Marshall? Oh, yes. He was the real rock, the pillar of Daddy's administration, but he's not of interested, course I so... I want my husband to win, but... Thomas Marshall is a His great man. So bright, so blue. I'm so great. The vice president running. is a man of true leadership, but a man like him. Marshall I never met Woodrow's first wife, Ellen, but if this is her daughter, I feel Woodrow might have a type. Nell? Nell? <laughs> Why would she do this? The more I go out there, the more they, they want me as president. Yes, that is her plan. You're my only ally, and she turned you into a liability. Christ. No, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Edith. I'm out. I can't help you anymore. What? No. No. Wait a second, Marshal. We can figure this out. No. The sooner I leave, the sooner Nell flips those votes back to McAdoo. Marshal, think about the country. Think about Woodrow. The League Edith, of... stop! We both know you're not doing any of this for any of that. Oh, so why am I doing it? Huh? If you're so shrewd, tell me. Why? Edith, there were moments where I asked myself if you should have all the powers of the presidency. Now, seeing this mess, I'm starting to wonder, should anyone? And with that, I bid you adieu. Do you mean adieu? Yeah. I'll see you around, Edith. Oh, no. It's not over. It's not. I won't let it be. Listen to me. You said you'd vote for Woodrow. No, Do it. I, vote I, for I him. Can't. Look, Mrs. Wilson, are you okay? Yes. This is a woman at the height of her okayness. Hey, you. Mrs. Wilson, you you're hurting me. You promised you'd vote for Woodrow. Let me go. Come on. Anyone? Vote. Please vote for Woodrow. You promised. You promised you'd vote for Woodrow. Please, don't let this Eat it. No. You. You did this to me. You're the reason I'm losing. No, no, honey. You would have lost no matter what I did. Nobody wants this. Least of all, Daddy. He was worried about you. He asked me to convince you to go home. That's it. You're a liar. You did this because you're desperate and ruthless Edith, and... would you like to borrow a mirror and finish that sentence? It's over. You have no one left. You lost Daddy's support. You lost Marshall. You even lost that sweet girl you relied on so much. <laughs> I didn't rely on her. I, she didn't even... No, no, no. I don't know if things would have been different if Trudy were there, but no, no. for the first time since Woodrow's fall, stroke. Stroke. He had a stroke. For the first time since Woodrow's stroke, I didn't care. Okay. Okay? What do you mean, okay? I'm done. I'll go. You win. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. 
Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Woodrow, I'm coming home. Good. Are we going to be good? Edith, I don't know how to... Sure. Just come home, and we'll be good. And as far as the convention went, well, I didn't win, but neither did Nell. McAdoo was overtaken by Ohio Governor James Cox. He lost the presidential race, but he did manage to pick Mr. Franklin Delano Roosevelt as his running mate. (laughs) I once heard someone call his wife Eleanor the first female president. I knew it wasn't true, because otherwise they wouldn't have said it as a compliment. And those memories, that feeling, is what rushed over me as I walked up that cemetery hill on that cold February day in 1938. When I arrived, the funeral was already over, and all that was left to do was to read the headstone. Carrie Travers Grayson, Rear Medical Corps, United States Navy, born in Culpeper County, Virginia, October 11th, 1878, died in Washington, D.C., February 15th, 1938. Trudy? I go by Alice now. Right. Right. So I read your novel. Memoir. It's my memoir. Oh, yeah, right. Memoir. No one's ever lied in one of those. Do you want to go for a walk? No, but I will. Means a lot that you send an invitation. I didn't send those. Carrie's family did. I just returned myself this morning. Ah. Brussels still? No. Haven't been there in years. Lived in Paris for a long time, but uh, now I'm in London. Oh, that's nice. You always loved Europe. Oh, oh. what? What's wrong? Nothing. Well, it's just some foot pain. The cemetery was so much larger than I thought. Yeah. There are a lot of dead people. Like, I thought there were a lot of alive people alive, but... There are actually so many more dead people dead. (laughs) I was worried you didn't still say things like that. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Uh, You want to sit on this bench for a bit? Oh, the bench would be nice. Did you know that Marshall once sat on a dog? (laughs) Yeah. He told me in a letter once. Past a certain age, all conversations veer in the same direction as life. Death. We talked about all the people we knew. Past tense. Woodrow Wilson, dead February 3rd, 1924. Robert Lansing, dead October 30th, 1928. Henry Cabot Lodge, dead November 9th, 1924. Marshall. Oh, God. Marshall. Dead June 1st, 1925. But Tumulty, that cockroach, somehow still alive. Oh, good. Maybe he's out there somewhere calling us cockroaches. I take that as a compliment. Any creature that filthy yet with the ability to occasionally fly must be on some level commendable. (laughs) Trudy. uh, Alice. Maybe if I were you, I might still harbor acrimony over a few possible betrayals of trust or errors in judgment committed along the way. And 
Well, if that were the case, I suppose there might be an occasion for a, an apology from me to you, Alice. Edith, all these years, and you've changed just enough to almost give an apology. <laughs> Baby steps, my dear. Baby steps. Oh, thanks for letting me rest my legs. They're not as nimble as they once were. Are you going back to London? I'd like to. I don't feel like I belong here. Especially not this city. No one here seems satisfied, whole. I mean, think about Woodrow. Sure, he won a war, but then you're like, he segregated what? He allowed witch disease to run rampant? His favorite movie was Birth of a what now? And, and then we got that power, and what did we do? We didn't change anything. We just held onto it so tight, it popped. It's just like most Americans, not all of us, but literally the two of us, came from a restless, insatiable people who crossed an ocean feeling like there was something more somewhere else. That there was always more to take, to own, to hold on to tightly until it pops. Wow, Europeans really are so pretentious. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't change that much either. <laughs> Carrie left me his giant mansion, Virginia Estate. So to answer your question, it looks like I have a big empty mansion for me to roam until I die. Maybe we should move in together. Can you imagine? <laughs> no, no, I cannot. But that does remind me of a joke. Have you heard this one? There's these two widowed sisters and they live together in a mansion. And then one of them dies and the other. Naturally, they both come back to Edith stars Rosamund Pike as Edith Wilson, Clark Gregg as Woodrow Wilson, Darcy Carden as Nell McAdoo, Stephen Root as Thomas Marshall, Esther Povitsky as Trudy Grayson, Tom Beyer as Senator Walsh, Kat Solko as Pearl, Susan Harmon as Janie, Henri Binge as Emile Klaus, Ross Turner as Mr. Baker, Ian Eugene Ryan as Delegate One, Lincoln Hopp as Delegate Two, Christian Pedersen as Tennessee Delegate, Tim True as William McAdoo, Timothy William Roberts as Chairman, Brendan Johnston as Audience Member, Jonathan Ebling as Audience Member 2, Kat Ring as Female Delegate Clara, created and written by Gonzalo Cordova and Travis Helwig, directed by Maureen Barucha, executive produced by Rosamund Pike, John Levitt, Sarah Geismer, Allison Falzetta, Rob Herding, David Henning, and Sandra Yiling. Produced by Shinyin Hiyu. Co-producer, Michelle Zarati. Original music and composition by Darren Johnson and Ashoka Tiagarajan. Q-Code Head of Music, Darren Johnson. Audio Engineering by Ryan Walsh and Ben Milchev. Edited by Neely Oftering. Sound Design and Mix by Andrew Pomeroy. Q-Code Head of Mixing, Ben Milchev. 
Casting directors, Chelsea Block and Marisol Roncalli at Atamakani. Casting director for guest roles, Andrea Bunker. Assistant director, Kelsey Adams. Script supervisor, Sam Beasley. Dialect coach for Rosamund Pike, Carla Meyer. Assistant engineering by Neely Oftering and Beatrice Noronha. Production coordinator, Brandon Weisner and Anna Basha Yoakum. Production assistant, Nathan Yan, Bailey Grayson, and Madeline Gonzalez. Post coordinator, Rachel Yanover. Production legal, Christina Bulbrook and Lindsay Keel. Production accounting, Pin Chen Lu. Edith is a Q-Code and Crooked Media production. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You deserve inner peace. No, really, you do. Visit BetterHelp and see if online therapy is for you. Everyone needs a break from the real world. That's why we played games as kids, and that's why we should play games as adults. I'm Troy Lavalley. And I'm Joe O'Brien. And back in 2015, we started a podcast called The Glass Cannon Podcast, a show made up of comedians and actors playing a fantasy role-playing game. And now is the perfect time to start listening because we just started a brand new story. It's basically Lord of the Rings meets Game of Thrones meets X-Files. Search for The Glass Cannon Podcast on your podcast app of choice. Hey, life is hard, so come play pretend with us. Carlos King, one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television. I am thrilled to announce Reality with the King, where we'll discuss all things reality TV. I have interviewed everyone from Nene Leakes, Teresa Judice, and Kenya Moore. Each episode, we will rehash shocking portrayals, honey. Yes! Hilarious shade. And all the drama. Reality with the King podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts.